Hey guys, it's Hazel Emlin here with the Real Life in Real Estate podcast, and I'm so excited for my next guest. She's actually someone I get to work with every single day here at Rapid Starter Real Estate, which is the office I work for. Her name is Alex, and she is our relationship and marketing manager. And so, yeah, welcome, Alex. I'm so hey, excited everyone. to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate awesome. that you picked me. It's yeah. No, I, I really wanted you on this podcast because you just did a really neat thing. Well, one, you just got married, so congratulations. Thank you. But two, you just bought a house, and you bought a house not only as a millennial, but you bought in 2020 when everyone's thinking, you know, the world is in a tough spot right now, and people are, might, might be thinking that the market's going to crash or things are going south. And here you are, you just bought, you know, your home with seemingly no issues. Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought it'd be a great idea for you to just come on and talk to people who might be listening to this who are kind of in that realm, who maybe are young and thinking about buying but are kind of freaked out because they hear things from other people or they see things online or on that TV. That we might go through a recession or yeah. all of those things. Yeah, yeah, so I thought it'd be great for you to talk a little bit about what that looked like for you, your experience. So, I mean, how did you guys think that you wanted to buy a house? Well, if we like rewind to the beginning of this year, our original plan was like everybody else, where you're going to have this fairy tale wedding, you're planning, you know, come September 20th of this year, we were going to get married. And then shelter in place happened. So yeah. then it was kind of like, um, like, oh, what's going to happen? What is this like? And then so we all went through shelter in place and then shelter in place got extended and things weren't opening. So at that point, Ricky and I, our plan was to... Um, to purchase after we got married because then we'd go debt free and we would be able to afford you know the next down payment towards a house but then um once we started evaluating what the world was looking like and what the next year was going to look like it was very unpredictable so then at that point i was just you know being in real estate i told ricky you know let's fill out an application it doesn't hurt us an application is free and for Ricky not having any experience, it was almost like myself coaching him through it. And Aww, poor he guy. was just, <laughs> he was kind of like, all right, like, what do you, you want to do? You know, I just don't want to like buy a house and get married. So I'm like, 100%. Yeah. So at that point, you know, I'm like, why don't we fill out an application and let's get approved? Let's just see where we're at. And, you know, we don't have to go forward with buying a house. We don't have to go forward, you know, with putting off our wedding. All the options are open, but I think it's good just to see what's out there to us. So that's what we did. Yeah, no, I love that. And how did you guys decide on who you wanted to go with with a lender? Because obviously there's different options. Yeah. And, you know, you guys used to use, but why why did you use that person? Like what what decision, you know? Yeah, uh, so I'm um, I'm very money motivated. So, I mean, we have a lot of um, connections, but I went with the best rate. I wanted someone that was going to save me the most amount of money have the lowest amount for closing costs and essentially I just shopped it was nothing personal I know so many people it was just more so who's going to save the most on our monthly payment each month Mm -hmm. and then who's going to have the minimal closing cost and so that was the biggest factor for us and that's what we just went for yeah and so you kind of have a little edge over some people who might not be able to have these relationships with people in this business but it's good to know that at least you know you're the process from you selecting somebody to getting the application was pretty quick right and to you putting in your information I mean I think well and going back to like we have the connection of picking I mean our in-laws are going through the same thing of they were very loyal to one lender that they thought they were going to pick and then they listened to their realtor and their realtor was like you know go to this person because Mm -hmm that's going to be the best route for you possible. So I think if we did have a realtor, we would probably go with who showed us, like who was telling us where to go because you know it's going to be trusted and you know 
they already have that connection or they have the experience to tell you where to go. Right, right. Well, so you guys get pre-approved and then you start figuring out budget, like what you want to afford, where you want to buy. I mean, I know you worked with Tom, who's my broker here at Rapid Starter Real Estate. And so what did that look like? Because, I mean, you guys had never done this before. And it's easy for us to, to think that you knew all the exact questions to ask, yeah. things to expect, because you, you help us do this every day, right? You talk to people on the phone every single day that want to buy a home. Completely different. Really? Yeah. yeah. How did well, that look like? I what mean, that it's like? like I'm in the office telling people what to expect, but mm-hmm. I've never gone through it. I've just heard your stories or our team's stories or Tom's stories. And, you know, being Tom's assistant, I knew, or assistant, I, in the beginning, I knew exactly, like, what the steps were, but I was never actually personally emotionally attached to it and I think that's made the biggest difference um but I don't think I still was as emotionally attached I think Ricky was still more the emotional attached one yeah (laughs) but it was um one thing I learned from like helping clients was that keep your keep your home criteria open I mean we actually envisioned ourselves living in Sacramento because I'm from Vacaville I wanted to get out and then then it was kind of like okay Vacaville has you know the school districts the prices you know our families here and not having to commute to work today. Right. This is, I mean, it's nice. You have a stressful day, you get to go home kind of thing. But I mean, it, it was like, I just told Ricky, like, let's look at every house, every house that appeals to us in photos or that we just kind of like, whether it was a fixer upper, one that had a complete flip, one that may not even be in the neighborhoods that we ideally wanted to be. Just we kind of went for every house. I mean, so you kind of kept things open minded yeah. to maybe what could be. And then you walk in and it's completely different from photos. Yeah. So you have to go see homes. And like, I mean, we talked about we want a three bedroom, two bath minimum, but it's also like a 1,200 square foot house versus 1,000 versus 1,400. Each one felt different. Um, and then also like the noise on the street or what the neighborhood looked like. Every factor came into play so I told Ricky like let's just look at everything I'm not going to judge any neighborhood because you really don't know until you drive up you could walk in right. and then you felt it at that point you knew right away like yes no you don't have to be in a house more than I felt like 10 minutes we kind of looked at it we like twiddle our thumbs and we're like nope okay yeah and you know you're exactly right and I always tell my clients you know you'll just know when you walk in you'll know like, honestly, yeah. when you just step in, you'll know if this is something that's going to work or not. And it's kind of crazy. You just you touched on that because it's true. You just get a feeling when you're driving in. Especially when, when you drive up. Oh, gosh. You can drive in and you can see some scary stuff. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> well, and then no. sometimes you can just tell, like, I, I mean, I think being younger, you envision, like, what your parents had when yeah. you were growing up was neighborhood parties, um, neighbors being close by, friends, family being close by. And so when we drive up and it just didn't have that homey feel because I mean cosmetic stuff we always knew we can fix I mean we're young we have the next 10 years in that house or whatever it is but when you drive up and you don't feel it it was like "Eh, okay we'll just tell Tom once he gets here like yeah because I mean you're spending what maybe close to half a million dollars on a home and you just want to make sure you're happy with with where it is and that's the one thing you really can't change is you know I always go with the 80 20 rule right 20 percent of things you just you can't change and one of those things is location and so you got to be happy with where you're at. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I was showing a house the other day to a client. And as soon as she stepped in the house, she's like, no. And then she went in the backyard. She was just for kicks and giggles, you know, wanting to just see the rest you're of the house. You're hoping there might be that one extra trigger that like <laughs> says like, okay, let me think about it. And then you're like, 
now because even the small yeah. trigger, it doesn't make a difference. To right. Yeah. And and she went in the backyard and we were backed up to a school and she said, no, there's no way. Sometimes I work grave shift and I need to sleep during the day. So, I mean, it's kind of like you just, you know, when you, you step yeah. foot. And so going off that, when you stepped in foot in, when you stepped into the home that you ended up buying, what was that feeling like? What made you think like, yeah, this is it. So my biggest thing was Ricky walked in and said, this was it. And since I work in real estate, I see so many homes that I felt like it was special that he said, this is it. And another factor, I want him to complete the honey to-do list. So if, like, (laughs) I saw that as, like, you love this house, you wanted this house, you're going to do my project. So I think, like, you have to – the house that we chose, the furniture – was a hard part I think when you walk in and you see someone's furniture that's not your furniture I mean I went with like a modern contemporary style and her furniture was like she had a lot of plants and she had this purple couch in the living room and oh, so wow. okay and she had three couches versus we have like a sectional and so mm-hmm. it made our room look bigger for what we have versus what she had so like I think don't look at other people's furniture like always try to envision it differently but yeah, the biggest thing was Ricky walked in and he's like, yeah, babe, like, we're riding. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, there's a couple of properties after, like, let's go see it just for, like, a peace of mind because there was a condo after. And I'm like, well, I just want to see the difference in your mortgage payment. Right. And then right. once we went to that condo, it smelled like cigarette smoke. And I was oh, like, man. nope. We, we didn't even walk in. We, like, hit the front door and then walked right out. And then I called our lender and was like, okay, for 432000 what are we looking at, you know, for a mortgage, where we're at, where do we stand, break down everything, send it to me now before we write an offer. And it wasn't really, I'm assuming, that much different from the condo versus the No, because the family? condo had the HOA, so actually the condo yeah. ended up, there was a $100 difference versus a $295,000 condo with HOA, and the $432,000 house was $100 difference. And the condo, we also talked about we were very like worried about resale value neighborhoods too when it came down to it to making a final decision where we're we going to get our most resale especially if we do upgrades yeah. and if the market ever depreciated then a condo is going to depreciate the fastest and so we went with the house yeah no that's so true and true and i think that a lot of people you know they get into this and they think like it's this huge jump in your mortgage payment to go you know from like the condo price range to single family and it really isn't when you kind of actually look at the numbers for a hundred bucks you know you get like you said better resale value more space um probably you don't have to worry about an hoa or if you do you're in a neighborhood exactly yeah and i mean it's just there's so much more going for nothing against condos because i have clients that buy condos and townhomes and they love them i guess it's just preference you know what fits but like we wanted a dog and so we wouldn't be able to have a dog living in a condo or we would but then we would grow out of it and it was a two-two so, like, kids long-term, it's just... Didn't fit. It wouldn't fit, fit a lot of yeah. things, but I was just more, like, I need the peace of mind kind of person. Right on. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that hopefully gives a lot of hope to people who, you know, might think in their mind that there's this big jump between and I condo think price you, and single you also family. think you have to put more money down than what you expect. Because when we came down to, like, our final numbers of what we had to put down, it was like a, okay, this wasn't that bad. So, I mean, you, I think you expect just like, like $100,000 or $70,000 right, right. to be a first time buyer. Like you feel like you have to save a lifetime to get there. And I mean, once we put it down, it was just like, and we would tell our friends and family how much money we really put into it. They're like, wow, okay. We just thought you always had to do that 20% Right. Number. And that's the thing. I mean, did, what kind of loan did you guys end up going we with? We went with conventional. Um, okay. 
because, you know, being young and we had the opportunity to live at Ricky's parents' house, mm-hmm. we just saved, and so we had no debt, um, so that really helped. But then also we put 5% down because at 35 to that 5%, that wasn't really, really that big much. of a yeah. jump. Yeah. And so since we didn't go up to, like, 460 we stayed lower. We had a little bit more money to put down. And so we went conventional, 5% down, and then um, – we had our closing costs that were about 12000 Yeah, and I mean, it just goes to show you that you don't need the 20%. Yeah. You know, it's a myth. You don't have to have 20% to buy a home. I mean, even FHA loans are 3.5%, and then you have your closing costs. But Well, and PMI is also not as scary as people make yeah. it out to be. Yeah. People make it out like, I need to save until I get, like, my until I don't have PMI, and it's not. Like, going conventional, it's going to fall off. Or you go FHA and you refinance in a couple of years and it'll fall off. Right. And it just makes more so much more sense to buy. If you can afford it, if you have decent credit, a job yeah. that you don't think you're going to be losing, you know, um, especially in comparison to the prices you're paying for rental properties or rental apartments. It's just, it's like a no-brainer, really. Yeah. If you have the ability to, you totally should just at least think about it and see what you might be able to qualify for. And we also just round up for a mortgage payment. So like our Oh, that's a good idea. Our escrow officer, she was like, you know, this is your number, this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Hopefully your um, PMI is going to fall off in 7 years. She goes just round that number up. You're probably going to look at 5 years and then round it up, you know, once you guys get situated. So, I round up to the nearest 50. Um, that's a great idea. And then so that's only $25 up. We yeah. all have $25 in our pocket whether right. it's Starbucks or, you know, having a bottle of wine after work we all have that so (laughs) and you're shaving off the life of your loan which is which is great and it's not like you have to do a lot but it's just a little bit that does make a little bit of a difference because it is going towards your principal little goes a long way and I was kind of curious to know too um so you guys found the house you made the offer how did that go because I mean I know how it goes from my perspective because I'm a realtor but as somebody like you who bought the home what was that experience like so it was like it was like five o'clock at night when we wrote our offer um and then of course tom calls the agent because you want to communicate what's going on sure well the seller she's only lived in the home for eight months so she wanted to try to get her most for a profit and this was when busy season was really just starting um and so we wanted the house so we had to go five thousand dollars over with a free rent back for 30 days um or else she was going to leave it on the market through the weekend and then think about it and so at that point, um, the realtor let us know they had about five to ten showings already getting scheduled. And so we oh, didn't. Wow. And that was when we first wrote a full price offer, 30-day escrow. And then Tom was like, Alex, go at 5000 I'm like, what about two? And Tom's oh, you're like, one of those. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. And so I was like, <laughs> and of course, I work in real estate. But I'm just like, oh, what? If, and Ricky's just like, come on, Alex, just do it. And I'm like. Tom's like, Alex, what's like 80 bucks in your payment going to make a difference? I don't think it was even $80. No, yeah, it's like probably like 10. It was, yeah, it it wasn't much of a jump. And I was just like, I don't know. And then Tom's like, Alex, do it. Just sign the paperwork, do it. So we just did it. And so (laughs) we, I mean, even though we gave her a free rent back, she actually didn't even need it. So I think sometimes when you do offer that, it just gives them, I noticed a peace of mind of not stressing because she was moving cross country and so I think just in case her job didn't work out or placement or anything, it gives that also seller and I peace of mind. And I think you would want that if you were selling your home. And once, I mean, in our position, we were living with his parents. So it's not like we had to pay rent. So it was no money lost. And either way, you were going to pay that mortgage. It didn't matter whether you closed or she was renting it back. Either way, you still had to pay it. 
So what's one month even having just to pay it? Yeah, no, I love that perspective just because I think so many people, they get hung up on, you know, short jumps like that. You know, I have yeah. clients all the time where I'm telling them you should come up five, ten thousand, 10,000. And really in the grand scheme of it, it is not that much of a difference at all in your mortgage payment. But for you to have a house that you really like, not have to continue showing and getting discouraged and feeling like defeated, it's just worth it. It's worth it just to listen to your realtor, take their (laughs) advice, they're the experts, right? And just make those small sacrifices because in the end, you know, it pays off. It did. And, you know, right then and there, she signed it at 10 o'clock at night and we were in contract, so come Monday. And it was the first day it was listed, so I totally get, you know... Yeah, you got it at a good time. Yeah, we had to do everything, (laughs) you know, she wanted, which it was her terms. I mean, she had it on the market the first day. We wanted it. She had the opportunity to let it sit. It was perfect house. So, um, you know, she did it fair. Just goes to show you it's a seller's market. As much as we would love for it to be even 50-50 or a buyer's market, it's still 100% a seller's market. And probably will be until inventory gets better with... Well, especially when COVID gets better. our price point too. I mean, exactly. Everybody starts at that price point, and so we didn't really have time to think about it. So you guys get your offer accepted, and you get all excited and yeah. like probably freak out and like, what the heck are we doing? This is insane. You get butterflies. It's oh so, yeah, and like, you feel like you want to throw up. I'm sure. And it's just like, <laughs> oh my god, it's happening. Yeah. yeah, and it becomes real. And then you get into the meat of it: the inspections, your due diligence period. What was that like for you, even if it wasn't maybe the most positive experience? I mean, because I think it's really good to hear all those kind of sides because not every experience is the same and some experiences are better than others. But I was curious, what was that experience like for you guys in this home? So on our loan aspect, um, we got in our paperwork right away when they asked for it. Every second that they asked for it, I emailed it over. We have everybody has documents in their fingertips pretty much online, whether it's your pay stub, 401ks, whatever. So whenever they asked for it, we had it submitted. We actually had full approval within our first week before we even had inspections completed. Because it's like, I'm so OCD. And so when she sent me an email, I got it to her. Because then you out of sight, out of mind, get it done. You're done with it. You don't have to fight with your lender. And then you don't hear from your lender. Like we didn't, it was kind of like, all right, coasting the rest of the time. Appraisal was back within three days too, because they you know, once you had full approval, appraisal, everything fell into place. And then comes inspections. So everything was done quicker than it should have been. And then inspections came along. Dun, dun, dun. It's always like the most nerve-wracking time, I think, for Yeah. <laughs> well, our house was 1950s, so it mm-hmm. was an older home, so I definitely wanted every inspection done. They had reports back from November. We bought in May, so they're like, here's these reports. Well, I didn't trust that. A lot can happen to a house. Sure, yeah, you know. Um, so we spent $1,000 pretty much in inspections, which i rather know exactly what I'm going into than not at all. Um, our HVAC unit is like on the last of its legs pretty much. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> our sewer lateral, since, you know, the older homes, maybe you can explain it a little bit better. Um, yeah, I mean, just with older properties, especially in the time frame you're looking at, it's just older piping definitely not the stuff that is used now and just over time things happen so it was like not as efficient underwater and the guy was just pretty much like i don't know but we need to rip up your whole ground and it's gonna be two thousand dollars and so um that happened too and so pretty much the inspections i wanted was a cleaned out hvac unit which is about 750 dollars and the HVAC guy just grossed me out because he's like, you know, dead skin cells. Ah, and I was like, no. okay, so I need that clean. And Tom's like, don't ask for it, Alex. Less is more. Don't do it. 
And I was like, no, we're putting that in there. And then I wanted... You were one of those. You were one of those I was one of those. And it's weird. Like, I hear all these stories. I should have listened, but I just didn't want to. And then we had some electrical things. Like, we had electrical wires that when he touched it, it was almost 200 degrees from turning on the garage light. Oh, wow. And so he's like, obviously, your fire would start right away. And then they had some um, drywall that should have been covered up for fire um, safety. So if it went through the garage it now shoots into our um, living room so they didn't have a board up, which all of those were minimal, and then the sewer lateral, 2000. The, well, the lady turned around. It looked like a long list. It wasn't that bad, but I think it just, <laughs> it looked long. And Tom was like, I wouldn't do this. I would just, you know, you got a great deal. You got it in. Just let it go. And I was like, no, I'm going to get something out of this. And she came back with um, cancellation or buying house as Yeah. And I was just like, what? Tom was like, what? Yeah, we were all kind of like scratching our heads. Oh, man. And um, so at the end of it, she ended up giving us $1,000 towards closing cost credits. Um, so I guess the biggest part was we're only paying now 1000 for a pseudolateral. But it was just kind of one of those, you know, as we looked what else was on the market, at the same time of thinking about this, there was nothing else out there. So our yeah. only decision was we either get this house or we wait to see what the next year is going to look like. And Ricky didn't want to do that. I didn't really want to do that, so we just went forward with it and we accepted it. And you know what, I mean, inspections are definitely, it's always the part everyone gets nervous about because nobody wants a home, you know, that's in disrepair. But the thing about it, even if you have down to foundation issues, it's all repairable. It is all fixable. And some of those things could get you maybe even some equity if they are fixed or replaced. And you got to think too, you have home warranties, all that good stuff. So you do... I always tell my clients, think of it, if you really want this house and you really love this house, everything about it, the location, the size, the price, sometimes you have to make some little small sacrifices and just accept things the way they are. Yes, you can try to negotiate what you can, but... Don't do it. Don't scare away. You don't want to ask for everything under the sun because then, you know, we might might open up another can of worms. But not every seller is the same either. It just depends. And right now, I would just say to anyone who's looking... It's still 100% a seller's market. So, of course, we're going to ask for, you know, the bigger things and we'll prioritize what you guys want. But I would just almost expect I not think a credit was easier yeah. that you're wanting. And just taking it on the lower end. Showing like importance. a number and just taking a credit. I think if maybe we showed her that in the beginning or just asked for $1,000, it might have went smoother. But by showing a list of all the things that we wanted, it was just, I think, overwhelming, and I would have been pissed off if I was on the opposite end. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to push my fate, and it backfired hey, on I me. I mean, <laughs> the worst I can say is no, right? And she right. she definitely, in this case, said no. Said but, a hard no. <laughs> but, you know, at least you, you did what you had to do, and your realtor backed you up and gave you his best professional advice. And I still didn't listen. It's okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes people a few times to yeah. to really kind of get it. But in the end, it worked out for you guys. You guys got the house. You have this. Well, now I can 100% say, listen to your realtor <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. And I mean, you never know. Like I said, it's very case by case. I've had the same situation with some clients and they want like 30 different things. And I'm like, okay, guys, Let's prioritize a little bit, you know, what's most important and kind of go from there. And obviously the bigger things are at the top. But sometimes we get lucky and the seller's like, okay, yeah, sounds great. Sometimes you don't. And the seller's like, no. Or they agree to some things, not all things, or nothing. I think I had the expectation that we went over asking, like, oh, there's 5000 to work with. But then I think she saw it as, like, I gave you the opportunity to go into escrow on my house without letting it sit. 
So I think it's like a tit for tat kind of thing of like, I saw it one way, she saw it another. And obviously I'm the buyer. So if I want the house, I'm going to have to obey kind of stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and in the end, you get what you want. You get yeah. the house and that's, that's, that's the goal, right? Exactly. And so it all works out the way it's meant to. That's what I always say to my clients. Always works out the way it's supposed to, but yeah. don't get, don't sweat the small stuff. It could all get fixed. Yes. As long as the house is standing and not falling apart, there's no big safety issues. We're you good. should be okay. Yeah. And anything can, can get fixed from there. So do you have any tips for somebody who might be like millennial age or even younger, older, whatever, who might be thinking about buying a home for the first time? Is there any tips you would give them that maybe either A, you did and it worked great for you or looking back in hindsight, maybe thinking I should have done things this way. Well, I should have listened to my realtor. <laughs> <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been as stressful the three days of going back and forth. Um, another thing I think is always like ask questions to your realtor because like going through our home inspection, it seems like a lot, mm-hmm. but then you really break down what's just wear and tear, what's not. So like we had the electrician come out like right away after we closed. It was only a couple hundred bucks. Um, and you find an electrician that's just straightforward. They're not going to jip you, which you guys have those connections. Yeah. Um, same with just, you know, listening to your advice from the beginning. Like we could have been in contract. Like what if there was another buyer coming in at 10 o'clock at night when we were sitting here negotiating? If I just listened to Tom versus going back and forth with Tom <laughs> for like an hour, that would all probably go faster. Because in the end, if you really want it, you're going to listen. So what's the difference to argue or think about it for so long? If you feel it in your gut, it's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's a good point. <laughs> and to get to get pre-approved, I mean, I think like from what my experience is talking to clients is people are scared when they run your credit, you're going to drop 20 points. That's not the case at all. Our, when my credit wise um, thing came up of alerting me, if that's a lender run my credit, it showed negative one point. So that doesn't hurt your credit. So, um, and we did it going on a limb of not knowing what was going to happen. So I still did it. Why can't anyone else? Like, we didn't even know if we were going to buy, and your pre-approval is going to last you for three months or 60 days. So it's just like, why not just do it to fill out the application? Like I was telling you earlier, Hazel, if you can fill out your Lulu's account yeah. and go shopping <laughs> or your guns and fishing account, it takes five minutes. Why can't you just fill out your account? We all know, you know, what we make. We all know, you know, what kind of debt you roughly have. Usually all of us are doing our own numbers in our car while we're sitting at the stoplight. Like, can I hit Taco Bell tonight? Can I not? <laughs> like, we all know that. So, I, I mean, get pre-approved. It doesn't hurt, and yeah. you never know where life's going to take you. So, obviously, life with us, it took us to buy in a house. And, you know, I think if we weren't laying out during shelter in place deciding that, then, you know, we wouldn't have been buying. And then just don't limit yourself. Keep all options open because I – never thought I'd live on the 8-8 side. I always thought I'd live where I grew up at on the 8-7 side and we're living on the 8-8 side. So. Yeah, so, I mean, just keep open-minded, you know, think positive. And like you said, the worst that happens is maybe you're not in a position to buy. Well, hey, at least you know what you got to do to get where you want to be. Exactly. So. And it's like paint goes a long ways. We ripped off all our door frames and we ripped off our baseboards and we put all fresh paint on there. And that gave that house a complete 180 of what I felt it originally looked like when I first walked in. I didn't fully love the house, and now I completely love my home. So, And there's something about the sweat equity of you putting work into it and making it your own yeah. that you can appreciate it a lot more. And then, too, all those things add value to your home. And, exactly. You know, they, they just add something more that wasn't already there. So, And you're proud. You're proud to have yeah. people come over, and it feels really good. So I think if the home you're not 100% sold on when you're in escrow – 
you're going to be 100% sold on when it's your stuff in there and it just all feels good. It feels right. It goes from a house to a home like everybody tells you to. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, little things go a long way. And to keep an open mind because sometimes you have clients that it's kind of like champagne taste beer budget kind of thing. Or I want to stay in this one neighborhood. (laughs) Right. And they have this fixed idea of what their first home is going to be. And that's the key is it's your first home. You're breaking into the real estate market. It's not your second, third, fourth, fifth home. This is most likely going to be a home you're probably not going to be in forever. So it's just it's just a, a temporary spot in the chapter of your your life, right? Yeah. And just make it, just be open-minded because like you said, you never know if you do that what can come up and what possibilities can come well, up. And from and how buying things it just in May to looking at the market now, I mean, I wish people jumped when they said they were going to at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the year because the amount that my value has jumped, especially with the little cosmetic things that we've done, it's crazy to watch that. And come next year, it's going to keep growing. And I think what Vacaville keeps offering and um, with uh, being able to work from home and our Bay Area coming this way, people want this type of area. I mean, all of us have obviously yourself, myself, we've stayed here our whole entire lives for a reason. And I think it's going to be more appealing as time goes on to other people. I totally agree. And we're already seeing that even more so. I feel like every month it's getting worse. More people, I've, I can't tell you how many people, I have several right now in contract that are not from here. They're from the Bay Area. Yeah. It's because a lot of people now they're working from home. They can get a lot more for their money out here. They don't want to deal with the traffic of the Bay Area. They don't want to deal with the, you know, public transportation systems where yeah. COVID, if it's not COVID, it might be something else. Who knows? Well, in San Francisco, in they're just area. It's not as appealing anymore. Now you have right. SAC and Vacaville and Alice all these little suburbs, all these little areas that are growing. And we're still that place that's next to Tahoe or next to the city, next to the beach, next to all airports. I mean, it's going to keep growing. And I agree. And I think I keep saying this to everyone who's listening, but if you've thought about buying a home, at least do what Alex did. Just just see. Just see because you'd probably be maybe pleasantly surprised yeah. that you might be in a better position than you think you are. And the rates are so good right now. It's just, it's a no-brainer. And like I was just talking to uh, Teresa Perry over at Caliber. She's been on the podcast before. It's nuts. And I believe the statistic 100%. But she was saying she was listening to a stat today. And basically, if you waited to buy this month versus last month, if you were looking at a house that was $400,000 last month, this month it's worth 408000 and it's 100% true. And the only reason why it's going up is because of demand. Demand is getting worse. There's not enough inventory in the market. People are desperately trying to find homes. And no one's forcing you to buy. Like, right. No one's forcing you to buy. You just push submit on that application. You <laughs> That's hear, true. That's you hear from true. someone and it's a piece of paper. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to harm you. It's just showing you what options are available to you in life. What's right, your next stepping right. stone? Yeah, and I mean, that's just such a good point. But things aren't going to get better. I think they're, I only foresee them getting a little bit worse until yeah. COVID gets better. Then we'll hopefully start seeing more inventory. But until that time, we're going to be in the same market. Seller's market, low inventory, high demand. Exactly. So you might as well get ahead of it and do what you can now to try to get where you want to be. Hopefully a year from now, when you're looking back thinking, I'm so glad I did it last year and didn't wait until this year. Yeah, especially all the people that waited last year. or Yeah, waited last year and tried to buy this year. I mean, I know they're kicking themselves in the butt a little bit. Oh, for... yeah. I have clients that are regretting not buying several months ago. Yeah. And here we are looking and competing with sometimes 20-plus people on a home. Yeah. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough. But don't let that discourage you. Just if anything, it's a great time. It's a great time to buy, a great time to break in. Just... 
have a little faith, you know, put yourself out there just a little try bit. try it out. You never it's know. It's fun, yeah. You never know, and it's fun. You're right, and it's the best investment you can make is in real estate. So I appreciate you being on this yeah, podcast today. Before you go, I've always, um, well, I've been recently asking my guests to bring a quote that they like because I always want to end things, you know, happy and positive and let's go conquer the world sort of thing. So yeah. what's the quote that you have? I think my quote fits very well to oh, our conversation. Okay, I'm excited. It says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And we all know this quote. Very famous quote. Yes. Um, and I think that goes for all of it said, you know, whether you're taking the opportunity to do home projects right now, using shelter in place, work from home, reevaluate your life, do those transitions. Well, why not get pre-approved? Why not look at buying a house? You never know until you do it. So 100% agree with you. Thank you so much, my friend, Thank for you. being on this podcast. Thanks for everyone who's listening out there. I'm Hazel Emlin with the Real Life and Real Estate Podcast, and we'll see you next time.